your trade deadline grades. We talk about what the Grizzlies didn't do at the deadline, but what some of their rivals did do and how things stand now. Also, of course, Grizzlies will play some basketball. That's right. It's been a few days now since we saw the Grizzlies play basketball. They'll do it tonight against the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about that on the podcast you are locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston. Happy to be with you for this post-trade deadline edition of the pod. And we have got uh, quite a bit to go over over the next uh, few minutes. So I hope you will uh, enjoy sticking around and uh, listening in. We're going to go over your grades. I asked you guys to uh, give the Grizzlies a grade on the trade deadline, even though they didn't really you know, do anything. But uh, you guys did that and had some comments, and, and I will get to those comments coming up here in just a bit. Also, a lot of teams around them, including pretty much everyone in the Southwest Division, made moves uh, at the deadline to theoretically at least get better. Um, how does that affect the Grizzlies? How will that affect them going forward? Uh, we shall see. Uh, the Grizzlies do play the Pacers tonight. The Pacers, though much smoke was coming from Indianapolis, there was no fire. Paul George is still a Pacer. The Pacers didn't end up making that big move that uh, was discussed apparently and thought about and maybe even some folks in Pacer management wanted to do it, but alas, Nothing was done, so George uh, remains a pacer and will be in action tonight against the Grizzlies in a game that, you know, this is a, begins the, the, the final stretch for the Grizzlies. The last 24 games, they will play uh, 15 of them against teams above 500, including this one against the Pacers, who are just above the 500 mark. Haven't been a particularly uh, great team this year, but certainly... Uh, Good enough, and in spurts have been really problematic for some of their opponents. We'll see which version of the Pacers shows up tonight, and we'll see which version of the Grizzlies shows up. The one that was playing really well uh, right up until the break or the one that showed up right before the break against New Orleans and kind of undid some of that uh, good feeling that the Grizzlies had engendered. As I mentioned, um, it was a very quiet break for the Grizzlies and a very quiet trade deadline. You know, not not a whole lot happened you know, we talked about it yesterday on the pod. It just didn't appear that anything was really imminent. And though um, there were probably opportunities out there for the Grizzlies to improve, I would guess they didn't feel like internally it was worth it, whether that would be because of you know giving up the picks or giving up the prospects or realigning their um, you know the roster, whatever it may be. They didn't feel like that was enough. There was enough there to make the move, and that's you know that that's one way to look at it. Um, I personally have advocated for a while that they they're going to need a better alternative to Tony Douglas at the backup point guard spot, but um, that that is not coming. Tony Douglas is signed for the remainder of the season, and you know that was the, always the expectation. And in fact, it was discussed, you know, pretty openly, even two days ago, that that was most likely going to be the outcome, barring something crazy that happens at the deadline. Nothing crazy did happen. Uh, I think that's going to be something to watch for, to see what what teams will do 
particularly defensively, against those units where Tony Douglas plays with Mike Conley. Uh, there's no question that Douglas plays hard. There's no question he can hit an outside shot. Uh, on, on offense, there, there's a lot that he brings. I like his attitude. Terrific guy in the locker room, well-liked, trusted by David Fisdale. All that stuff is good, but I think you, you, you're going you're gonna to see on the defensive end him starting to get uh, pushed around a little bit by some of the more physical point guards out there. Even Drew Holiday was doing that um, in, the, in that New Orleans game. So that's where the Grizzlies stand. Nothing much happening. Uh, around the rest of the division, though, you, you see a lot more activity. Obviously, Houston adds Lou Williams, and it wasn't even he wasn't sure that he was even going to play in the game tonight against the Pelicans, who, of course, also division mates, also with the biggest and largest and loudest acquisition of the trade deadline, bringing in, by God, Boogie Cousins. And those two played on Thursday as the NBA welcomed basketball back, and it was not a close game. The Rockets absolutely destroyed the Pelicans down in New Orleans in the debut of Fire and Ice, a terrible nickname. Boogie in the brow. And even though Boogie put up major, major numbers, major numbers, we're talking like one block away from a 5 by 5 numbers. 27 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, 4 blocks. It was the Rockets who absolutely destroyed the Pelicans 129 to 99 and that acquisition we talk about Lou Williams seven three-pointers. We he didn't even know if he was going to play. He didn't go through shoot around it, none of that stuff. You put him in the D'Antoni system, though, and you put him in that 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 spread, pick and roll, all that stuff, he is made for that. We went over with uh, Matt Herdlicka his his offensive numbers this year and some of the, the numbers in pick and roll situations and his jump shooting, all that stuff that, that really fits beautifully in Houston. He had seven threes in the game, and, and the, the Rockets take 51 threes. In that ball game, 51 threes. They took all three. It was it was truly uh, like pure Daryl Morey basketball. They took nothing but threes and shots of the basket. They, they, I think they took three mid range shots in the entire game. It, it, they they have they have distilled that thing down to its purest form, and Williams fits that perfectly. That's why I I, I really felt like it was an incredible acquisition for them. And he didn't miss a beat. And, and all you have to do is plug him in. He doesn't have to go through shooter. He doesn't have to go through all that stuff. It's just a natural fit. He finishes with 27 points off the bench. That Rockets bench, by the way, with Capella, Eric Gordon, Lou Williams now, Sam Decker, uh, Montrez Harrell, all, all those guys can come in and play a role. That, 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 it's, it's a deep team. I, I, I fear the Rockets now uh, a lot more than I did prior to that. I think that's just a perfect acquisition for them. Uh, I think the the Pelicans getting Boogie, you know, it's going to get off to a slow start. Boogie played fine. Uh, I didn't think Anthony Davis played especially well in this game, and Drew Holiday was horrible. Horrible. 6.7 turnovers in the game. That's one of those growing pains things. I think they'll 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 get it together. But everybody else outside of the, 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 the two bigs has got to figure out how to play, how to space. Also didn't help that Omri Caspi broke his thumb for the Pelicans, uh, and he's going to be out for a while, so now they go right back to being a little uh, bereft of shooting. 
and uh, that's going to really hurt them in that that chase for the uh, for the playoff spot. Um, that's that, that that's that's definitely going to hurt them going forward. Uh, so those are the two of the the teams in the division. Then you had the Mavericks, who made a big, probably the biggest deadline day move, getting Nerlens Noel from the Philadelphia 76ers uh, in exchange for Justin Anderson and a protected first round pick, protected one through eighteen. And if it does not convey, then it it changes over to two second round picks. Well, if you look at where the Mavs are, odds are real damn good that it's going to end up one through eighteen. So in essence, they traded, you know, two second round picks and Justin Anderson, who I like, uh, and I like, I think he he could be uh, a really good player. I liked him in the draft, and uh, I think there's a lot there. But but still, for a potentially perfect fit for rick carlisle as a young big i mean noel's 23 he's gonna be a restricted free agent but uh you know he's a perfect fit to me in dallas that's a that's a that's a nice move and it really sets up the mavs again going forward you're talking about making this division better for years to come not just this year but 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 going forward uh and you've seen all the stuff that the spurs have done over the years to get better they always seem to so even though they didn't do anything uh, at this trade deadline, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with them. All of that just really, to me, accelerates what the Grizzlies have to do. And it makes their job that much more difficult going forward, looking kind of how this thing's going to play out. And, and especially if Chandler Parsons doesn't get better next year. I wrote uh, something that I think you will see in the commercial appeal, um, on the website at least, later on this morning. So I don't know when you're listening to this exactly, but uh, it should be posted probably 10, 11 o'clock this morning on the website, somewhere in that neighborhood. I wrote a lot about the the Grizzlies and what's going to happen over the final third of the season, how they can improve, particularly on offense. And the number one way they can improve is to try to get something more out of Chandler Parsons. Um, that's going to be the thing. You know, for when we talk about the, the rest of the division and all that, we talk about that in Chandler Parsons improving next year, you know, over the last three years of his contract. But if if you're talking about this year, what the Grizzlies can do, and what the trade deadline, all that stuff means, you know, they they they're going to need to get a better Chandler Parsons. And I don't know if that's possible. I don't. I don't. That may that may well not be possible at all. He may not be healthy enough. To give you that, but the numbers are just astonishing, and the drop off. And I, I didn't realize how severe it was until I started digging into the numbers and doing the research for the piece. But it has been the eye test is bad enough for Parsons, but then you go and you actually look at what he did before and what he's doing now, and it's the drop off is crazy. I mean, the, the man has gone from being one of the best shooters in the league to one of the worst. In fact, literally the worst. Among all players with at least 100 jump shot attempts this year, Parsons' field goal percentage of 22.8% on jump shots is the worst in the league. The worst in the league. Crazy, right? His overall offensive rank per synergy is 
20th percentile in the league, meaning 80% of players are better. He was in the 89th percentile the last two seasons. That's down to the 20th percentile. He has points per possession have dropped dramatically. He's just he's just a totally different guy. He was shooting effective field goal percentage overall 57% last year. It's now 40.6% this year. As a spot-up shooter, he went from shooting 64% effective field goal percentage to 38% this year. He was 64% last year, 56% the year before that, and the year before that, 56% also. This year, 38%. In pick-and-roll situations, on his own offense, he was 52%. Uh, last year, 63%. The year before that, effective field goal percentage. Um And this year he is 26%. Effective field goal percentage now. So that incorporates the threes. Actual field goal percentage is 21%. Um, And those are the two. The spot-up shooting and and pick-and-roll comprise half of his offense, over half of his offense. So to to, to see that drop-off is crazy. And... It tells you that you know that that the the plan when you hear the numbers in, in the years past, you could see what the plan was for Parsons. You could see that if he's healthy and here's the things he can do, no problem, makes a lot of sense. That's what the Grizzlies would want to do with him. But he hasn't been anywhere close to healthy. And you know, considering that David Fisdale kind of referred to his rehab and what they're going to do with him after the break, even at this point as still baby steps, then. I think it's fair to assume that he's not going to just come sliding off that minutes restriction right away tonight. He's not going to, you know, fire off 35 minutes and look like himself. If if he could, that would be the biggest potential X factor for the Grizzlies. If he could look anywhere just a little bit better. If he could just get, you know, instead of looking like 20% of his former self, if he could just look like 50% of his former self, that alone would really pump the Grizzlies up because they're looking for that secondary ball handler. You know, we talk about using Mike Conley off the ball more. Well, th- this is this is kind of one of the things that you want to do with Chandler Parsons is allow him to initiate the offense and use Conley off screens and use Conley off of curls and dribble handoffs and, and all that stuff. You know, let him use his speed, his ability to change pace, all that stuff. Um, he can do that, and, and, and Parsons could help with that, but... Not like this. Not like this. And the drop-off has been severe. Really, really severe. And, uh, and and sad. So forget about all the Cancun stuff. I don't care about that. I'm just talking about pure performance here. You know me. I'm a numbers guy. I'm looking at just, let's just look. What are we doing? What do we got? What's the evaluation? And it's pretty clear that it's um, it, it's bad. So what did you make of the Grizzlies' trade deadline uh, activity or, or, or lack thereof? I asked that question, and I gave you four options. An A, which meant things look great. B, which means things look okay. C means I uh, wish they'd added something. 
and F means what are you doing? So with uh, all votes in, all precincts have been counted. 382 of you voted in this poll, so it's a pretty decent little sample. 51% of you said you would give the Grizzlies a B for what they did or did not do at the trade deadline, saying things look okay. 30% of you gave them a C, which is to say wish they'd added something, but it wasn't an abject failure. 11% said A, things look great. And 8% of you said F, what are you doing? So I think it's a pretty strong win for things look okay, which is probably, for whatever it's worth, where I would probably put this too. I think things do look okay. I think um, I would probably go with, and our friend Chris Harrington uh, said mold C, but went with a B. And that's kind of... That's exactly my thought process, actually, was I I do wish they'd added something. I, I feel like they, they, they could have and maybe should have, based on what we talked about, lack of the ball handling, getting Mike Conley a little extra help off the ball, wanting to get the help with the backup point guard situation. My thought that Tony Douglas is probably not going to be good enough to handle it at the highest level. But, I mean, overall, things do look okay. They've got weapons. They've got certainly depth. They're they're actually able to send their young guys to uh, to Iowa to get some reps. They've established a, a bit of a newer way of playing offensively that's that's been effective. Um, they're starting to show some signs that the defense is returning to form which uh, all that stuff is is positive. So I, I, would, I would probably say B uh, it, it makes the most sense going forward. Now, some of your comments, um, <laughs> my friend Keith over at uh, Fast Break Breakfast, another great podcast, uh, at Fast Break Break, said, although the Grizzlies didn't make a move at the deadline, eventually benching Parsons will have the same effect as adding a good player. Whew. It's harsh but fair. That's a question for a pod maybe next week, but you know, will they actually bench Parsons? Will they actually go with him in a more secondary role? I think they should, but you know, that, that I guess we'll 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 have to see, and I think maybe give give this two or three weeks post um, All Star break to see if anything has changed. I don't think that it has, but yes, eventually benching Parsons will have the same effect is adding a good player. Chase Lucas at Deep Fried Couch. Chase has a new podcast out that we talked about uh, yesterday with Joe Molinax on the Grizzly Bear Blues uh, site. You can check it out. It's um, called You Like Hoops? With a question mark there at the end. You like hoops? You like hoops? So it's worth checking out. Excellent stuff. Uh, fun, different kind of podcast than this one. So uh, there's room there's room in your buffet for for all these podcasts, guys. Don't I'm not I'm not one of these that like limits. Don't, don't you don't just have to listen to one or two. You can, you can listen to everything. I listen to tons of podcasts. So uh, put that one uh, in your ear hole as well. Chase says season is what it is. We'll probably need to pull an upset to get past round one. But optics of trade for future assets are bad. And the Tony Douglas love fest from Fisdale and others in the organization is a bit much. But oh well. He gave them a B minus 
by the way. I didn't give you option. I only had four options on Twitter, so I couldn't give you uh, minuses or pluses or any other nuance like that. My apologies. I probably would have done B minus if I could have. Um, I concur on the Tony Douglas Love Fest. I don't know why we have to have uh, all this over the top love. This guy's incredible. What a tough. You know, I'm. I I get it. He's he's a good player, but but man, it's it contributes to the there. There's always this philosophy around here. The the, the Memphis falls in love with these uh, role player type guys, and that, that's part of it. Um, I I do think that they 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 there was no reason for them to trade future assets for anything that would just be this year thought it was interesting too that there were some sort of whispers coming out of boston that they had inquired about jermichael green interesting eh, given their roster and what they're looking for but i would imagine more than one team had inquired about jermichael green and the grizzlies are testing their resolve to to keep him and, and how much they're willing to pay with in restricted free agency um Kent said, uh, at Kent Starr, said adding Douglas a healthy right, hopefully a healthy Parsons down the stretch, could be as good as any deals that were made. Uh, maybe so, Kent. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I never like that philosophy of like, oh, it's like adding another player. And that's Fizdale's thing. It's like adding two players. I guess, but you, you could add, you could add players for real. Could have done that. Uh, I don't. I don't know that Tony Douglas would would count that way. Healthy Brandon Wright is nice, and uh, you will see Brandon Wright will miss tonight's game for what it's worth, um, for personal reasons. Um, but adding him has been really a, a benefit, and you could see the things that he can add to to the mix as the uh, the role man, as a uh, diver to the rim, as a potential uh, defensive presence uh you know he's not like you know rudy gobert or anything but he but he does provide a little something on the defensive end can block a few shots and can give you more of a presence there so yeah i i I could buy that to to some extent i don't like to use that as a ongoing thing like oh you know it's like it's like adding players well i mean you you've got you've got those players but but yes those guys will be helpful uh grizz is the shiz at grizz is the shiz Says, I love uh, Jermichael just as much as the next guy, but I think we should have dealt him. Going to want a lot of money that we don't have. That that will be the probably primary or one of the primary storylines in the offseason is Jermichael Green's restricted free agency. How much will he get? Who wants him? How much money will they have to offer? Uh, this will be a really interesting free agent period, and he's not necessarily you know on the first tier of guys, but... Uh, he could be a second-tier guy, and he still grades out, you know, exceptionally well defensively for the Grizzlies. He's got to work on not fouling as much. He's got to work on getting a little more consistent on the offensive end. But, you know, within the scheme of what David Fisdale wants to do, his defense, particularly when he's on, is very, very hard to replace and I think that's why you see the value coming from the Grizzlies side. They really like him. They really need him, and uh, they they're going to use him. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that that's that's going to be an interesting discussion to have. And if you don't feel confident that you're going to keep him, then you probably uh, should have traded him. Jesse H at Grit Grinary Day said, "Wish they'd done something." 
potentially no picks and cap issues in offseason are concerns. They are indeed concerns. Um, but eh. NDQ at NDQ1125 says D, which wasn't an option, but you know what? Hey, that's cool. You want to throw a write-in in there? No problem. Uh, they are too worried about the right now, as always, and to attach to players that may not be back next year, that being Vince Carter, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, and Jermichael Green. All of those guys will be free agents. Um, all those guys will have interesting negotiations, and I'm guessing uh, not all of those guys will be back. How many of them will be back? Interesting question. One will go over in the coming weeks here on uh, Locked on Grizzlies. Um our man Fletch at Beauregard Jones. Uh, hey, on the bright side, Wallace didn't do anything dumb like give away more draft picks when he didn't have to. There you go. Uh, at Yasik94, Memphis fan says, why not Darren Williams? Well, Darren Williams is, as we speak, negotiating uh, a buyout with Dallas and is in all likelihood going to join the Cleveland Cavaliers, which you would understand why he would prefer the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Grizzlies if, in fact, that was a um, was an option. Joe Molinax, we talked to uh, on the pod uh, earlier in the week, says uh, B-minus, essentially. And uh, Blue City Joe says Alan Jackson's that'd be all right, plays in the background, which I think probably is, I'm going to say that's a B. Somewhere in that neighborhood? That seems right. So uh, that is where we where we're at, where you're at at least from the Grizzlies. And now we shall see tonight against the Pacers. The final third of the season begins, and the Grizzlies push to try to get that fourth seed. And that is their kind of stated goal. That's what they think they can do within the organization, and. Uh, perhaps they can, but it got a little harder because Oklahoma City, we mentioned all the, the, the activity that happened within the division, but let's not forget the activity that's happening uh, as well with playoff rivals and Oklahoma City making what I think is a pretty shrewd move on their part, adding Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott from the Chicago Bulls uh, in exchange for Joffrey Laverne, who really killed the Grizzlies last time they played in Oklahoma City. Um, Cameron Payne and Anthony Morrow. That's uh, the the value of that deal is going to hinge on Cameron Payne's development, and um, I'm not I'm not necessarily optimistic about that for the Bulls. I think uh, this year for for the Thunder, adding Taj Gibson makes them a much more physically imposing team. Um, it helps them to match up probably a little more traditionally with teams and you put them alongside Steven Adams and it's it's a very bruising group. Uh, they can still go small. They can still do uh, some of that small ball stuff that, that, that they're, that they would like to do. And it, it allows, I think probably Russell Westbrook to have even more of an opportunity because he's going to be uh, a lot more clearing out a lot more space, um, you know, physically, Guys boxing out, allowing him to get those rebounds. I think you'll you'll see um, an effective group. And I, I think McDermott actually. I, I was never a big McDermott fan. Certainly not coming out of the draft. And uh, he was not worth at all what the Bulls traded to make sure they got him. They've dumped him for pennies on the dollar. And in 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 what the Thunder are going to do with McDermott, I think he probably will be pretty effective. 
I think it's probably a pretty good acquisition for them. So I think that makes them better. I think that definitely makes them better this year, which is problematic, of course, for the Grizzlies. The Jazz didn't do anything, which is uh, a bonus. The Clippers didn't do anything. However, they've been able to hang on a little better probably than than I would have thought without uh, Chris Paul. And he did not play last night as the Clippers lost to the Warriors. But he is on course to return pretty soon. Um, And when he does, I would think the Clippers are going to get a big boost. He's a huge difference maker for them uh, going forward. So it's going to be tough for the Grizzlies to jump up uh, and get that uh, get that spot, but with the Clippers losing, with um, you know that's an opportunity to uh, to jump in there, and you know and maybe they can. I, I think you know from the Grizzlies' perspective, they've got to beat the teams that uh, they they should. The under five hundred teams they play, and they don't play a bunch of them, but they need to win those nine games, or you know get pretty close to winning all nine of those games. And uh, after that, you know, you need to win a solid group of the the over 500 games and, you know, then let the chips fall where they may. Grizzlies have a good opportunity to get to 50 wins. You know, they'd have to finish the season 16 and 8 in order to do that. Um, that seems doable. That seems doable. It's a little on the high end, but that's it's not it's not crazy to, to think about it like that. And you get to 50 wins and see where you're at. You know, there, there are many, many years when you'll get home court advantage with, with 50. This may not be one of those years, but um, that's, that's really all you can do. And if you're looking for like a longer-term goal, that's the one uh, to, to, to shoot for there. So it all begins later on this evening as the Grizzlies take on the Pacers. Thanks so much for joining me here on Locked on Grizzlies. As always, you can check me out 7 to 10. Wolo and Peter in the morning. Real Sports Talk Sports 56877 FM. Check out Numbers Game in the commercial appeal. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. Search for Locked on Grizzlies or uh, go to facebook.com slash Locked on Grizzlies. For those of you, of course, that are big fans of the podcast, let me tell you something. This is a great spot for your company. If you want to reach men, between the ages of 18 and 54, this is the place for your audiences. And here's something to consider. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to think seriously about purchasing products they learned about from podcasts. 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable. Please shoot me an email, Peter at PeterEdmiston.com. Shoot me a, a tweet at Peter Edmiston or a direct message, something like that. We can get uh, all the information out to you. I'd love to have you on the podcast, become part of our family, and reach all those great folks out there that are listening. Thank you so much. You have been Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 